I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small, easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and next to me as always is Matt. Hello, welcome back. Yes, or welcome new. If you're new to us, welcome. Hi. Hi. How are you going? Today we're doing part two of the Habits podcast that we started last week. Yes, so if you haven't listened to our previous episode, probably go back and listen to that one first because it'll yep. put a lot of what we're going to say in this episode into context. Unless you like the idea of us sounding like babbling fools, in which case, rock on. We pretty much do anyway. But anyway, yes, highly recommend you go back and listen to last week's episode uh, on Habits Part 1. Now, Habits Part 2 we're going to be discussing. Well, Habits Part 1 we went through last week. Just let's give a recap quickly first, Matt, about just some basics that we covered last week, just so it's fresh in our minds, and then we can start to talk about what we're going to be covering today. All right, so... I want to start the recap by asking a, an open question. Mm. How many of us have questioned our willpower? Mm. That would be all of us. Yes. That would be you. That would be me. That would be Courtney. How many people have you known that have felt bad about themselves because they can't make anything stick with their weight loss goals because, and I quote, they haven't just got the willpower. Mm. Sound familiar? Oh, very much so. Well, look, here's the thing. Willpower doesn't mean shit. No. My willpower is terrible. Awful. Awful. I know oh, yours is bad, Courtney. Mine is beyond awful. I don't know what the word is to describe beyond awful, but it's beyond awful. Let's just stick with weak. <laughs> very, very weak. This is the thing, though. Bad habits will destroy any willpower you may have. Mm. Straight up. So starting the recap by establishing that, look, willpower doesn't matter. And in a lot of ways, intentions don't matter. So you might have the intention to lose weight, to get in shape, to feel better, to look better, etc. But what does it really matter if your bad habits undermine you every single time? Yeah. So we established... In the previous episode, that habits form, well, at least 50% of what we do every single day. Yes. They're a part of our life, whether we know it, like it or not. Stiff sheep, that's just the way we're built. That's, that's us as humans. We also established last week that habits are the biggest roadblock to any success. In the context of this discussion, it is about weight loss, but you know what? It relates to a lot of things in life. A lot. So we spoke about what we call... Well, actually, before I continue that, that sort of discussion that we had, I think, Courtney, if you'll, you'll agree with me, really cements the phrase, habits beat intentions. Yes, 100%. So we all sign up to the gym. 
sign up to our U-Butte personal trainer, some U-Butte online weight loss program, etc. And we've all got the best intentions. We all do. Yet, how many people don't get what they want? Yeah, well, how many people rely then on willpower and motivation? Yeah, and this is, and I think part of the, the problem also extends to the industry that we work in that's very, very happy to take your money for the latest, hottest eight-week weight loss program and is going to ask you to attend 10, 11, 12, 13 fantastic, awesome group training or personal training sessions each week. And here's our fantastic meal plan where you eat two times a day but doesn't actually focus on your long-term habits, the things that have been working against you for years and will continue to work against you and undermine your success until they are actually addressed. Habits will always beat intentions and it doesn't matter how good your willpower is. Take it from us as people who do this for a living. So I would say we've established that fact. Yeah, yes, we're cool we with did, that? We did establish that fact, Okay, yes. We've now just re-established it, rant yes. over. So we also spoke about the habit loop. Yes. What the F is the habit loop? As a recap, it is a three-pronged loop. We have the cue, we have the routine, we have the reward. So we asked you last week to have a think about your worst habits that are working against you with your weight loss goals and to then break them down into a cue, a routine and a reward. So part of the recap here is the cue is the event that might happen, the conversation, the trigger. The, trigger. Mm. the routine is the habit happening and the reward is obviously what you get out of it, whatever that may be. So... I think I'll just give a quick example, really quick example. We gave some examples last week Actually, of our own. no need. I'm about to roll one out with the tutorial. Oh, going into the yes. loop a little bit more. Okay. Yes. So Courtney and I spoke last week about uh, habits that we've had mm -hmm. and how they've worked in terms of cue, routine, reward. Let's now look at how you can potentially break this down and start to look at maybe even reprogramming this. Yeah, perfect. Because yeah. once you start to break your habits down into the cue, routine, reward, it gets easier to actually dissect them and experiment with ways to change them. Yeah, because so, there's not going to be one perfect way for everyone. Well, I'm going to illustrate that right now. So I'm going to talk about uh, a habit that affects a lot of overweight people. I know it used to affect me and I know it used to affect Courtney. Let's talk about snacking at nighttime. Mm. You've had that, haven't you? I'm sure you have. Oh, actually, yeah. Of course you did. You would smash the ice cream. I was a massive nighttime snacker. I would actually eat more as the day went on. So I yep. would eat less in the morning. And then as the day went on into the nighttime, I would eat more and more and more. So mm. my eating ramped up as the day got longer. Into the night. I was the same. Uh, I would have my usual ritual of watching TV at night and having Coke, chips, fast food, you know, whatever was available basically. Mm -hmm. So let's look at uh, snacking at night as a habit. Now let's break this down. The usual cue that I've found as a trainer, and I, Courtney back me up on this if you, you agree, the usual cue for people snacking at night on you know, food that's not gonna help them get where they wanna get to is the TV. Yes. Or, or I suppose these days it might be the phone. Whatever we're watching Netflix on, whatever we're watching anything on. Mm -hmm. But let's say the TV. 
okay? So the cue is that we sit down after a long, hard day at work, we're tired, we're stressed, we're, we might not even be hungry. No. Not always the case. Well, it's not always the case because no. often as well, this, some of these things happen after dinner. Uh-huh. So you've just eaten dinner. Well, he's the routine. He's, he's the habit looper in play. Mm. So the cue is we sit down after a long day to watch TV. Now, that cue could trigger in our mind that what is going to happen with the TV being switched on is let's go grab some food from the fridge. Mm-hmm. What's in the fridge? Let's say it might be a packet of Tim Tams. Yum. An Australian favourite. <laughs> Shall we say? Yes. Australia's favourite biscuit. For those of you who are not Australian and don't know what a Tim Tam is, it's a, a chocolate-covered biscuit. It's, it's delicious. Legendary biscuit here in Australia. Mm. So the cue is the TV goes on. The routine is, oh, well, I'm just going to get up, not think about it, walk to the fridge. Mm, there's the caramel Tim Tams. And uh, there goes the whole packet. And the reward is, well, I just had some yummy food. Oh, shit. I just ate a packet of Tim Tams. <laughs> now, often this can have it happen uh, subconsciously or unconsciously. You don't think about it. It just happens. So we've had the cue, the routine reward. TV, Tim Tams. Mmm. Tasty caramel Tim Tams. <laughs> so the first thing you might look to do in terms of actually addressing this, once you realize what you're doing is you might go, well, okay, I might experiment in changing the routine. So often we've spoken in previous episodes about the rule of proximity or proximity eating. If it is nearby, you will eat it. So it's easy to get up and go to the fridge and get the pack of the Tim Tams because they're there to have. So the routine experiment might be, well, what happens... If I'm consciously now aware that I'm doing this and rather than going for the Tim Tams, I go for something else. Mm. Now, this brings up the question, how are we with being prepared? <laughs> because that's part of the rule of proximity. If it is there, you'll eat it. Thus, if you're not prepared, you're going to grab the first thing you see. What if the new routine is you go and make yourself up some sort of nice, healthy dessert? Mm. or the routine is you've already got pre-made up a meal in the fridge you can whack in the microwave or whack in the pan and stir fry it off yeah now I do this personally uh, I, uh, I change the routine because I, I do enjoy watching TV uh, or even playing computer games now and then at night time and my routine for years and years and years and years has always been eat slash drink mm. so my current routine is rather than reaching for the Tim Tams, I go and make myself a very nice dessert featuring chocolate protein, uh, frozen blueberries, a little bit of shredded coconut and cinnamon that tastes bloody delicious and is helping me towards my goals. So I've still got the cue. I've still got the reward. I've just successfully changed the routine. That's one thing you can experiment with. Another way you can experiment with this, if you're finding the routine difficult to change, and by the way, can I just say, one way to change the routine here is availability. If you don't buy it, you can't eat it. 
that's why I changed my routine. But we're not always in that situation. Correct. If we're living in a, in a fairly full house and there's food there that other people have put there, we can't control that. So let's say the routine is proving difficult to change because insert person here in the house loves their Tim Tams and will not give them away for anything. Okay, you might find that routine hard to change. What if you then change the cue? So if you know that no matter how good you're going, sitting down to watch TV is going to lead to the packet of biscuits, change the cue. Could that be something as simple as watching a TV in a different room if you've got one? Could it be as simple as doing something else at that time, reading a book, getting on the phone and making a phone call, talking to people? I mean, it is 2018 and people don't really talk to each other anymore. <laughs> unless it's through Snapchat, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> Bitter old man talking there. <laughs> but you could change the cue. So you might go talk to someone, you might make a phone call, you might just go make a cup of tea and sit at a different chair and see what it does. This is the thing, when it comes to habits, there is no such thing as this one thing is going to fix it for everyone because we're all different. So I know for myself and for you, Courtney, we've been able to change the routine because, well, it's just us. Yes. But if we were living with family or with housemates or with kids who are eating you know, different foods to us, it's not that easy to just go, oh, well, we just won't buy this stuff. Correct. So we might need to change the cue. Make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Can so the, the, what you're saying, Matt, basically, is there's different ways you can approach this. So you can approach tackling this habit loop by potentially just changing the routine. So the, the, the trigger might still be there, but instead of reaching for the family block of chocolate or, or the Tim Tams or the biscuits or the ice cream, you, you're you reaching for something that you've pre-prepared, which you know is going to help you reach your goals. And you like the taste of. And you like the taste of, so it fills that gap of something that you need, you feel you need at that time. Or you're reaching for maybe a drink or uh, like a fruity cup of tea or something like that, that is still going to give you that feeling that you're having something uh, sweet, but you're not smashing ice cream or things like that. Or you can approach it in terms of changing the trigger or the cue instead of changing the routine. So you cut basically this snake off at the head, sort of, so to speak, where you're taking yourself out of the situation where you're going to feel like you even need to eat in that situation. Yep. So I've, I've found in the past with a lot of people that I've worked with uh, as a trainer, it is often easier in the long run to experiment with different routines before changing anything else. Mm -hmm. uh, just because in some cases, the cue, in this case, we're talking about the snacking at night. The cue could be something that you do to mentally unwind. Yes. So I know for me, I wouldn't want to take away my cue of not playing computer games or not watching Netflix mm. at night because that that you know sort of decompresses me mentally. Mm. So I would recommend to most people to begin your experimenting with changing your habits, with changing the routine and just trying different things and seeing how they work for you. Mm, mm, absolutely. And there's a stack of different ways you can do that. Mm. 
But I tend to find to begin with, if it's late night snacking, then looking at uh, what you've already got prepared or what options you have as an alternative is the place to start there. Yeah, I think that's a really good example to use. I think just quickly, before I go into it too in depth, Matt, but I think just quickly give an example of maybe like something to do with working out. So going, I think this example came up with one of our clients recently where there was an issue of going to work, meant to be going to the gym after work, but would go home first and then wouldn't go back out again. Yep. So I used to have that. That's a habit that I think a lot of people can relate to. So there, obviously there's a habit loop there. We'll break it down, Courtney. Q trigger, uh, Q routine reward. So if we look at the, the, the trigger, which would be the, the Q would be going home after work. Actually, the Q would be finishing work. Finishing work, that's right. So finishing work... The routine the, is the then routine to go home. The routine is going home to get changed to go back to the gym. The reward then is getting changed into your PJs instead of getting changed into your workout gear and cuddling up on the couch and not going. Yeah, that's, yeah the, the reward there is being nice and comfy at home and then distracted by something. Correct. So that there is, is a typical habit loop that a lot of people struggle with. I, I know that. I've had that in the past. I had that big time. So in those sort of situations you might tackle it in terms of you're not going to change the cue of finishing work. I mean... Go to work. You're going you're to finish work at some point. So this is so. where, Matt, you were talking about changing, looking at how do we change the routine. Yep. So the routine might change, whereas instead of you go home first, take your workout clothes to work with you and go straight to the gym. Yep. So therefore, you're bypassing that routine of going home first and potentially getting distracted, deciding, coming up with excuses not to go to the gym and deciding, oh, it's raining, it's cold, I'll just change into my Ugg boots and my PJs and we'll just stay home. Yep. So you're, you're taking that possibility out of the equation by just going straight to the gym. Uh, you can also potentially, in that case, even change the cue. So let's say you've been looking to go to the gym after work. What about before work? Yeah, that's definitely another option for people to do. Now, I, I've noticed over time with most people, you will learn with experimentation what your preference is, be it you know AM or PM exercise. And there's no real right or wrong. If you can do it, you do it. Mm. But you can experiment with the cue by changing the cue. So rather than doing it when you finish work, do it when you get up in the morning. Yeah. And see how that works for you. So there, the reward in the end is still going to be the same. I'm doing the training I need to do. I feel good. Fantastic. But the cue has changed, which will then lead to the routine we're trying to implement here. Mm. Won't always work for some people. Uh, I know for me myself over time, I, what helped me originally was the afternoon trick of taking my gym clothes to work with me. Yeah. Because for me, I'd get home and I'd see my Xbox or my PlayStation and there goes the rest of the day <laughs> playing video games. Now, funnily enough, not much there has changed. That is still my number one hobby that I, that I really enjoy doing. And it has always been a reward for me 
to be able to do what I need to do with, with any sort of work, gym, whatever, and then go home and unwind and just play video games. Yeah. The reward is still there as it has been for many, many years with me. I've just successfully worked on over time changing the routine. So initially for me it was, well, look, I know for a fact I'm gonna, if I go home, I'm playing computer games. So what I installed in my head was I need to earn it. Mm. I don't need to take the hobby away because you don't take hobbies away from people unless they're destructive, obviously. But I'm not going to take the hobby away. Why don't I put into my head that I need to earn the ability or the right to go and pursue it? So the rule I had for myself was I'm going to take my workout clothes with me to, to, to work and I'm going to go straight from work to gym. Mm. then I'm going to go home, I'm going to have uh, some good meals, and I'm going to sit down guilt-free and play some Xbox. Mm. For me, that worked. Yeah. That worked tremendously well and still does. What it allowed me to do over time was then actually develop different exercise habits to the point where now, years later, I can exercise just as effectively in the morning as I can at night time. Mm. it all works out the same. But I had to start initially by addressing that that one cornerstone habit that was really working against me, which was just finding reasons not to go to the bloody gym. Mm. In the end, uh, the, the new routine worked and you know I then successfully pulled the finger out and built the habit of getting to my, my training sessions. And now years later of that habit being ingrained, Courtney, I'm sure you can back me up on this, how often do I miss training sessions? Never. 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 Yeah. And it's so, not because I got it's not because of my willpower. It's no. a it's a habit. Exactly. So I think as well, I think that that's a really good example, Matt, to say that as well, when we're talking about these these habit loops, a lot of people will have a lot of people we see even, Matt, have very similar, if not almost the same, basically the same habit. However, how you could put five people in a room that's got exactly the same habit and all five people might end up dealing with it slightly differently. Yep. We just had two prime examples from the one habit of how we dealt with it. So some someone might take their work clothes to work with them and go straight to the gym and that bypasses that bad habit. Or as Matt said, you said, Matt, you, you might go to the gym in the morning. You might decide, no, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning so I can still keep my habit of coming straight home after work and getting in my pajamas and doing nothing for the rest of the night. Mm. So there are two different ways there to solve the one habit. And it's an individual thing as to which one works for you. And sometimes it might take trying one out, seeing how it works out. If, if, if not trying the other one out, you're not necessarily always going to know until you try to focus, to fix that habit, how it's going to work out in the end. But the point is that you do actually have to do something to try to overcome this habit. Otherwise, as I think we've just demonstrated, it's not going to fix itself. Now, you know? that is a fantastic point. But let's also now look at the actual X factor of how to make these habits stick. Because I can tell you from my own personal experience... As you work on your habits over time, you don't need to rely on motivation or willpower. It becomes normal. Yes. 
And when it becomes normal, it's fucking easy because you're not forcing anything. You know, it's funny about it. I'll just quickly tell you that yes. I, I saw a funny quote the other day about motivation. Oh, boy. And I can't remember it word for word, but it basically said motivation... Um, Motivation doesn't exist until after you start. So it's basically saying that you will never be motivated to do anything until you've actually started doing it. Mm -hmm. And then it might appear once you've started to do something. So once you've started to be for habits to become normal, yeah, motivation might appear, but it's never going to appear in the in the first place. Well, it's funny you mention uh, that M word. We all know what I think about that. Um, in terms of working on your habits and actually experimenting with you know different cues and different routines, there is an X factor here that can really make this stick or not. That we haven't actually, well, we have spoken about plenty of times in the past, but not when it comes to a discussion about habits. But here we go. Hmm. Here's the thing. You need a powerful reason why you are doing it. Why you're working on your habits. This is where the reward long-term actually comes in. So it's one thing to go to the gym. It's one thing to gradually improve your eating habits. And for most people actually eat more, eat more good food. And it's one thing to think about cue routine reward. Why am I actually doing this? Why am I putting in the time and effort to take my clothes to work, to experiment with going to the gym in the morning? Why am I doing this? Mm. If you haven't got the powerful reason why you want to change, honestly, it's not going to stick. Well, it will never stick because habits are actually not easy to reprogram. Well, if, if, if they were, honestly, you and I, we wouldn't be in a job. As again, it's one of those... Those annoying parts of life where habits are very easy to create in terms of from scratch, you can very easily and a lot of the time unknowingly be creating habits as we speak. But to reprogram habits is actually quite hard work and it takes a lot of effort. Well, I would even say um, that forms the, the bulk of what we do with our clients. Yeah. Because... Courtney and I could could very easily um, write out meal plans for people, and I personally have been asked that a lot as a trainer. Oh, do, do you, can you give me a meal plan? The answer is fucking no. Well, actually, fucking yes. I technically could give you a meal plan that's going to work, but you wouldn't do it because your habits would would beat it every single time. Mm. So the thing is, this is why Courtney and I speak so much about how important it is to find your why and have that reason why you want to change. Because there is the difference between making a decision to change and actually having a reason why you're doing it. Mm. And this is where the habit loop comes into play with this. Because the reward for any habit that you're working on needs to be so good, you want to repeat the habit to build it. Mm. Now for me, speaking personally, when I first started... I had two rewards I was chasing after. One was that I hated myself and didn't want to be who I was anymore. I wanted to discover what was the best version of me. Mm. 
That was the first sort of thing I was craving with my success. And honestly, the second thing was, I just wanted to be able to play computer games on my downtime and not be fat. Two things. Yes, I know it sounds pretty funny, but you know what? Whatever works. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is. No, it it doesn't matter what it is. It could be the most simple thing in the world. I had those two rewards that, for me personally, were powerful enough for me to want to repeat the habits that I was building. Mm. So this is where all this Q routine reward stuff is really fantastic, but that reward needs to be worth it. Yeah, it needs to be worth it. Now. You know, I think for a lot of people up front early on with their sort of weight loss goals, the initial the initial reward worth repeating is that feeling you get when you complete a fantastic workout in the gym. Yeah. Like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just smashed that. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a anyone that's done that knows there's a buzz that does come with it. And it's a buzz that does build your confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And it can become addictive in a good way in that, oh, I feel really good. That made me feel good. I want to do that again. Mm. So that reward there means that the routine to get the reward is worth repeating. Notice how if you've had it where you've missed a few workouts, you start to get a bit shitty, Mm. a bit grumpy. You start to feel a bit sluggish. A bit sluggish because you're not getting the reward anymore. The reward's gone away. It's basically what you're saying, Matt, is the reward that you're replacing, the, re- the new re- reward from the new habit has to be more important to you and more exciting to you and you have to want it more than the reward that you're replacing. So the reward that you're currently getting from the current habit. You could say that. Um, I think just the reward has to tie in with why you're doing it. Yeah. And it has to be more important to you than the reward that you're currently getting from the habits you've got. Oh, well, that, I, I think, yes, you're right. I think that comes down to the question of how much do you really want to change? Yeah. Because there is a dramatic difference between paying a trainer or paying for a program and actually wanting to fucking do it. Yeah. You can't, you can't buy your way out of this. Unfortunately not. You can't. A lot of people are trying. Yeah, the ads would tell you differently. A lot of people are trying. Look at any of those 21-day challenges that your gym are running and you see a lot of it. People want to buy their way out of the problem, but you can't. There's no escaping that. So the reason you're doing it has to be powerful enough to work on this and then to repeat those routines that you're building. Yes. That makes sense? It does. So I'm pretty comfortable bringing this one to a close. The only thing I also want to just touch on before we do is to talk to just mention that you're not going to change all your habits at once. No chance. So these we just spoke about, this is a very complicated, it seems very complicated thing when we talk about it all in one big chunk like we're doing. It can be quite overwhelming, but you're not changing all of your habits at once. So we gave two examples today where one was getting to the gym or exercise related. One was eating at night or snacking at night related. Now, you wouldn't tackle both of those things at one time. Not necessarily. Would recommend it. So just remember, we can, we can float a heap of examples at you, but remember, 
you're, you're, we're not saying you've got to do it all at one time. We're saying the opposite. You definitely do not want to tackle them all at one time because what that will do is your brain will get overloaded. Your brain is trying to then focus on too many things at once. And the thing with our brains are is that if we don't get some sort of satisfaction, if we don't get some sort of, of reward from what we're doing, our brains will just automatically think that it's shit, it's not working, this is crap, I can't do it. You automatically start to go into negativity and that's where you'll just throw your hands up in the air and say, no, nah, I can't do it, it's too hard. So what you want to do is avoid that. So you want to be giving yourself some wins with this because it is a hard process. So Matt, what's your recommendation when you have, when we have new clients to them, when you're looking at all of your, your habits, which ones do you recommend they tackle first? The ones that you think you can. Yes. Why? Because you're more likely to do it. And you're more likely then to do it in a fairly shorter time, which means that your brain gets that instant gratification that, oh, yes, okay. It's a shot of confidence. This is working. I can do this. Then you tackle the next one. If you tackle the hardest one first, that is going to take you ages to tackle, then you don't have that sense of accomplishment that your brain is, is craving in those early stages. And it's also harder to, to make it stick. Yeah, the really very deep, hard. The really deep-seated habits uh, take longer to reprogram. And that's also where, honestly, why... Let's say someone comes to us and they say, look, I want to lose 40 kilos and I think I can do it in six months. That's fucking delusional. Yep. Especially if you're someone who's been struggling with weight for years and years, if not decades. The longer you've been struggling, the harder and longer it will be to turn it around, but it's not impossible. No, it's never impossible, but you have to be realistic with yourself and you have to give yourself those small wins along the way. Yeah. Otherwise, it's very easy for our brains to shut down and say, no, it's too hard. This is shit. I can't do it. I'm stopping. I'm quitting. That's it. So, so. When you're looking at, okay, where do I start with all of this? You've just, we've just thrown a whole bunch of information at you. Where do I start? So just like Matt asked you to think about your worst habits and what habits you've got in last episode, I think now you really should start looking at your habits in terms of what can I tackle first? So what is something that is not necessarily easy? It's not going to be easy totally easy but what can i look at and think you know what that's manageable and i can do that one well can i give um a bit of a summary here wrapping up this discussion yeah which includes sort of my tips on on where to start yeah so just to sort of summarize i suppose the last two episodes of the show yes we do need to have habits in our lives like we can't get rid of that that's the way we're built we've got to accept that however we do need to create ones that will enhance what we're doing that is just a fact. Now, I think once you've established and you know what your worst and your bad habits are, if you start by looking at what the cue is, initially, that can be the biggest step to success. What is causing this routine? Where is this coming from? That's step one. Step two is then once you realize or notice whatever what the cue is for your bad habit experiment with the routine first how do i change the routine what can i do try different things 
And just understand that along with that, you've got to link it to a reward that is powerful and worth having repeatedly. So yep, it can just be as simple as why are you doing this? But it can be even little things, as Courtney said before, having small wins. So a small win for me was just guilt-free playing of video games. I know that for some people that probably sounds fucking ridiculous, but you know what? For me, it worked. I don't give a shit what it was, it worked, right? Hmm. So have a reward, no matter how big or small, that's worth doing. It can be, a, a, the reward can be what you're working towards, what you want to look like, what you, the pain you want to take away from yourself. That is essential. And the last, in summary, summar, summarizing, easy for me to say, <laughs> in summarizing, just a small touch of belief mm. will go a long way. You don't need to be able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, because I couldn't. No. I had no idea what my life would be, what I would look like, what I would feel like, who I would be. I had no idea. I couldn't see it. You can never predict and that. And you won't either. No. However, I just believed in my mind that whatever that was had to be better than what my current normal was, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Basically, for me, the unknown had to be better than the known because what I knew was shit. Yep. Yeah? Yeah. Now, also understand, and this is also why Courtney and I do not sign up any of our clients anymore for less than 12 months to work with us because ain't no one eradicating all their bad habits in 12 weeks. No one. This is actually the real reason why we get so pissed off at these stupid fucking short challenges, 30-day detoxes, eight-week weight loss programs, no one is changing all their bad habits in that time. No one. No. Especially if you're someone who has pretty much had a lifetime of weight struggles. Forget about it. I don't care who you are. Ain't going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give one just bonus tip, Matt, if that's Okay. At the end of this episode. Well, it's your show. Give whatever you want. <laughs> so my bonus tip for this would be, remember we've done episodes in the past on making mistakes. This is where it really, really ties in with habits. Remember during your process that or your journey that mistakes sometimes are a good thing because you have to look at then that mistake and think to yourself, what is the habit that leads me to make this mistake? And where can I change the routine? I had this same conversation last week with a client. Again, she lives in a house where there's certain foods that she has to keep in the house because they're not for her. And she found herself making a ton of mistakes. So she's changed the routine of the foods that she buys and how she stores them in a way where she can't eat them. So... A mistake for her where she could have just thrown her hands up and just said, oh, it's shit, I've, I've, I've fucked it, it's all over. I failed. I failed. She didn't. She looked at it and she said, what is happening here? Why am I doing this? And then she realized what, what the routine was and she changed it. And that happens a lot. So when you make mistakes, don't be so quick to think of the whole thing as ruined 
apply this exact, exact theory of the habit loop and look at where you can improve the routine. And well said. That's a wrap. Let's, um, let's move on to emails. We've got an email. Do- we do. Uh, podcast at... Actually, before I continue, hopefully this discussion about habits has helped. Yeah. Uh, if not... That's your fault, dear. No. You can see as well, though, we've been talking about it for for a few weeks leading into doing these episodes. A few weeks. A, a little while. And you can see Since why... Since we started the show. We put it off for a little while because it's such an in-depth topic that involves so many other things. And that's what well, was great to do other topics on things like mistakes, look, small wins, all of those things along the way. So now you have a bit of reference coming into these episodes. There are a gazillion things we can talk about. Yes. And there always will be. Uh, so hopefully that has helped. If not, well, just blame Courtney. Yeah. Uh, podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can and should email us. Can I try like a Jedi mind trick? You will email us. <laughs> email us your questions. Email us if you have a certain habit loop that you're struggling with that you can't seem to find an answer to please feel free to email us or how about just talk to us because we like talking to people yeah good all right email here comes from sarah thanks sarah for sending in an email hello matt and courtney hello my my name first that's fine it's shorter that's all the only reason Uh uh-huh excuses are funny uh, love the podcast. Just listen to episode 46, which is about cardio. Yes. I have a quick question. Well, let's start with the scenario that she's laid out. Okay. I've started eating well, and I'm going to the gym most days of the week. What I've been doing at the moment is 20 minutes of quick walking on an incline on the treadmill, followed by, a, which is about five to six on the personal intensity scale the ir scale that we spoke about yep perfect followed by 30 to 40 minutes of weights after listening to this episode though can i just confirm is it better to do cardio and weight training days differently as in not on the same day or could i do one to three intense cardio sessions per week and then follow them with weight training or will that mean I'm not working hard enough during the cardio session if I still have the energy for weights afterwards? Hope that makes sense. Love the podcast. Matt, you are the best. You should get your own show. You Love really Sarah. shouldn't freelance. It's rude. Great questions there, Sarah. Thank you for sending them through. I will let Matt, I'll let you go into more detail. But the short answers basically are, yes, you should keep them separate. Yes, you are not going to be working hard enough on either either your cardio or your weights if you're doing them at the same time. If you're doing cardio at about a 5 out of 10, then no, that's not hard enough to be intense cardio. So you're, I would assume that you're doing cardio at a 5 out of 10, so you do have then energy to do 30 to 40 minutes of weight training after that. So by, not, by separating them, you will be able to get your cardio well above a five out of 10. And then that won't impact on your weight training either. But Matt, I'll let you go further into that. So what was your answer? Separate them. That was the simple answer? The simple answer is yes, 100% separate them because yes, it will affect your workout. Well, I give the technical answer now. Mm. Uh, Yes, 100% separate them. (laughs) That is 
the technical answer. That is the answer uh, because very, very simple. Workouts and training isn't about quantity, it's about quality. Yes. Now, there's only really two ways uh, that it can go doing an intense cardio session followed by weight training like on the spot. You either have a fantastic cardio session, which means if it was really good and you really pushed it, you should have nothing in the tank for your weight session. Nothing. No. It should suck, which means why the fuck are you doing it? Then on the other hand, in order for your weight training session to be full beast mode, because consider with weight training, we must aim to get stronger, which means we need the energy to gradually, progressively lift heavier weights. If we've had a fantastic intense cardio session, how are we going to follow that up with a great weight session? We could do it if the intense cardio session wasn't intense, which means why the fuck are we doing that? It's like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Mm-hmm. One will cannibalize the other. So no, not recommended. No, definitely definitely keep, don't do that. Keep them on separate days uh, because then the quality will go up and you've got more recovery to get better performance. You've just got to get better at what you do. And you don't need to walk up on the treadmill before you do your weight training days either. Warm up your muscles on your first exercise. Uh, and that is that. We'll call that a show. Yes. Well done, Dee. Give me a high five. Excellent. That was a terrible high five. That's more like it. <laughs> so hopefully this has helped. Uh, as we've established, if this does not help, uh, Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com is where you can send your complaints. Uh, and I reckon that's a show. That is a show. Good job out of you, dear. Good job out of you. Thanks for listening and see you next Monday. Love your face. Yep. See you next... Well, well you'll hear us next Monday. Yeah. Hopefully we'll hear from you between now and then. Bye. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.